0: Welcome to the AgriSafe Network podcast, where our mission is protecting the people who feed the world.
1: I'm in central Pennsylvania and began his career in agricultural safety and health over 20 years ago as an undergraduate student at Penn State University. His Ph.D. is from Purdue University in agricultural and biological engineering. He's an instructor and in extension safety associate at Penn State University prior to coming to Nebraska. He is a past president of the International Society for Agricultural Safety and Health and serves on the board of directors of the Egg Safety and Health Council of America, Progressive Egg Foundation, as well as the Progressive Egg Foundation. Dr. Yoder also maintains leadership roles in the American Society of Agricultural and Biological Engineers and the USDA NCERA-197 Committee for establishing priorities at land-grant universities for agricultural safety and health research and education programs. All right, Erin, is Dr. Yoder, this is your opportunity. Um, let me pass you presenter right so you can share your screen. All right.
2: All right, can you see everything OK,
0: Stacey? It looks great. Yes, thank you. All right. Uh, well, thanks, everyone, for attending today. It's uh, great to get the opportunity uh to share a little bit about tractor and machinery safety um, as stacy mentioned my background's in agricultural and biological engineering uh, so tractors and machinery are my thing um, so i appreciate that opportunity so today we wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about um, tractor and machinery safety and sort of uh, the catchy name of planting the seeds um, so we'll, we'll get started and as stacy mentioned feel free to ask questions i think if you type them in the chat Uh, She'll get a hold of them and uh, direct me of when to answer those. So a little bit about today, we wanted to have you understand the hazards associated with tractors and machinery, uh, teach you or give you ways to reduce these both for yourself and for others that you may be working with, Um, and then also give you a place to find a few resources about these. And both AgriSafe and our Ag Safety and Health Center are two good places to start. Uh, but Cooperative Extension and the other safety centers around the country are other great places and most of us know each other. So if you have a question that we can't answer, we can direct you to somebody that should have an answer for those. So uh, resources and networking are important as well. Uh, Did want to give credit to and mention real quick, our, our NIOSH funded Ag Safety Center, the Central State Center for Ag Safety and Health um, the website's listed above there, but if you Google, Google CS Cash or NIOSH Ag Safety Nebraska, those should all come up. And there's lots of other great resources uh, that you can find on those web pages. So I wanted to start off with it, talking about planting the seeds of safety uh, when it comes to this. We've all heard different versions of the saying that we reap of what we sow. Uh, so making sure that we start off with a good foundation of safety and health will give us a, a good harvest of ourselves being safe and a lack of injuries hopefully um, and the best sowing occurs uh, i would say when we're doing training so we plant those seeds early with safety training uh, both for ourselves and for others and having those resources available that we could share uh, and uh, i do wanna say that I'm glad that TikTok didn't go away yet. I know there's different movements to make that happen because there's a wealth of safety information out there or lack of safety demonstrations out there. So my I uh, found a few videos in the most, more recent days and it doesn't take long when you're on there uh, to find some videos for this. So I'd like to share a few of those with you guys. Here's an example of someone that I don't think had a whole lot of training, whether it was uh, bookwork training or actual hands-on training. Uh, which both are recommended, so we'll we'll share this real quickly with you. so with a look of surprise on her face, I'm guessing she hadn't operated that machine too much um, and hadn't been instructed on how to operate it. It seemed like she was going a little fast and out of control, so doing proper training something that I'm going to try to uh, reinforce throughout this presentation. Um, When we look at tractors and machinery, the uh, tractor exposures, and the first way we can minimize these hazards is to figure out what the hazards actually are. Um, So looking at those exposures first with the tractors because that's one of the most prevalent sources of of injuries out there, and probably the most widely used piece of equipment on most agricultural operations. Um, So we know tractors are used daily, many hours a day. Uh, Total time of exposure is probably greater than any other type of equipment out there. And we also know we do a diversity of jobs. And in some cases, having a diversity of jobs is a good thing because then we don't get the same repetitive injuries from doing the same tasks over and over. But it also makes us, it requires us to know more about more different tasks, so it's harder to protect people when they have a diversity of tasks. So everything from tillage and planting, which we mentioned, uh, sowing the seeds early on, to feeding animals, uh, stationary power sources, whether removing crops or other materials, um, baling. If we're dealing with animals, in Oregon with animals, mowing, towing, pulling, um, even in harvest time, which is upon us now we see a lot of towing and pulling of equipment and we'll see some good and bad examples of that coming up as well. We know these are large powerful machines that are uh, weigh significantly more than we do. They vary um, from when I've worked with smaller farms and places, uh, especially back in Pennsylvania to some of the less than 20 horsepower even tractors to some of them we see here in Nebraska of up over 200 horsepower. And we know we're, we're no match for them when it comes to our horsepower. Um, although these machines are complex, both tractors and other machinery, they all contain some of the common uh, machine hazards. So we see things like overturns, entanglements, falls, and then all the different mechanical hazards from getting crushed, burned, shear points, cut, getting pulled into equipment. All those play a role in all of these, whether it's tractors or machinery or other stationary equipment. We know that we're working with a wide range of operators. Um, We know there's some youth on there that have limitations. We know there's some older adults out there that have limitations as well. So we're dealing with a a wide range of operators when we're doing the trainings. Um, Some of them not having much skill. some of them having lots of skill, but potentially also lots of bad habits. So um, being aware of that, and hopefully we don't fall into either of those categories. We do know that tractor fatalities um, are sort of, or tractor-related incidents are the largest portion, especially when we talk about fatalities. A third to half of all uh, farm injuries involve tractors. When we talk about, when we add the injuries and the fatalities together, when we're talking about the serious injuries. um, We know rollovers being a large portion of those, uh, runovers being uh, following that. And then other types of hazards like PTO entanglements and so forth. Um, so again, referring to one of my new sources here of TikTok, here's a post from a, a young lady in Iowa about her dad that just rolled a tractor. Uh, so I'll play through that and let you watch that. hey uh, something traumatic
2: happened that changed my life. Uh... Thank
0: you. So, like i said there's there's lots of examples out there if you talk to different farmers if you talk to different people in agriculture communities just about all of them if not all of them know somebody that's had an incident either with a tractor or other farm related injury Uh, but that's just a a more recent example of one Um, when we talk about tractor rollovers we we try to teach this with our youth farm safety Uh, We teach a a lot of uh, younger kids, which we'll talk about, 14, 15-year-olds, tractor safety when they're just getting started. We use some of the same programming for older adults, and I'll show you where you can get some of that a little bit later on. Um, But we know in the example that I just showed was a sideways rollover. Those are the most common type of rollover. Um, They happen just about everywhere, and that previous example along the road was a A good example when we're doing maintenance or mowing along roadways uh, is where we see a lot of these but there can be other types of field work that lead to those. Uh, In the example that we just saw, it wasn't a fatal rollover. The person was severely injured but not a fatality. Uh, Oftentimes they do get thrown away. Something that tractor was missing was a roll bar or ROPS uh, rollover protective structure which we can see both of these tractors have on them. Typically, the cause is gravity being on too steep of a hill, the the center of gravity of the tractor gets out over the tires and it tips over. Sometimes speed, which we'll see with another example coming up here shortly, where centrifugal force can cause a machine to tip over. Here's an example of one with a a ROPS on it, so the machine doesn't roll over as far. And if the operator has his seatbelt on, Um, they're less likely to become injured than if they don't have a seatbelt on. But the ROPS alone does some protection. Having that seatbelt on adds another layer of protection when we're dealing with tractor rollovers. So there are different ways that we can teach people to prevent these types of sideways rollovers, having our wheel set as wide as possible, making that stability baseline or where a tractor touches the ground or any piece of machinery nice and wide. Um, restricting speed, um, avoiding bouncing, and sometimes that happens on roadways or hard surfaces, slowing down for turns, um, using braking or engine braking as we go downhill, avoid crossing steep slopes because that's gonna uh, get that center of gravity closer to the tires and where they hit the ground. Around ditches, this is an example of ditches and shear lines on them. So, however, deep a ditch is, you're supposed to stay an equal distance back from the edge of them. And different types of soils are going to dictate this a little bit differently. Uh, Sandy soils are going to give away quicker than rocky or clay-type soils if they're dry. Uh, But wet soils can act differently than dry soils. Um, If we put a front-end loaner or any other attachments on the machine, it's going to change that center of gravity, which could lead to rollovers if it raises uh, or moves it to a side. The the previous example we saw the video of had a mower hanging out the side, which would have shifted that center of gravity out towards the side of the machine. So we love the videos that say, wait for it, right? Um, So this same concept applies to ATVs. So we said tractors and machinery safety. And ATVs are a group of machinery that we're seeing a a rise in the number of injuries and fatalities. Um, So here's an example showing what speed turning too sharp and high center of gravity can happen it's a little unfortunate that people find this so funny but um you can see the dog may have played a role there and so a moving obstacle but a little too fast a little too high center of gravity um, I don't know if you noticed the the helmet on the operator that came flying off. So not having their personal, they give them credit for having the helmet on, but not for uh, having it fastened prop, properly. So just some, some good examples of where you can uh, sort of tighten up, I guess you'd say, some of your safety protocols uh, when you're using machinery. So um, those same examples we just said about with tractors with going too fast, turning too sharp, the high center of gravity, having obstacles in the way applies to ATVs as well as tractors. The other type of overturns that we talk about with tractors are rear overturns. These are more likely to be fatal, especially if the operator doesn't have a roll bar on their tractor or ROPS. They can happen fairly quickly where the front end comes up in the uh, air and the tractor comes completely over top. Typically, instead of getting thrown out of the way, you stay pinned underneath the machine in these which causes them to be even more fatal um, some of the causes of these are hitching too high um, we're always supposed to when we drag stuff or tow stuff hitch at the draw bar um, starting too fast or popping the clutch can help that uh, front end come up even quicker um, but having the, the hitching too high is sort of one of the the main causes we see of this and oftentimes this hitching is done when we're pulling out a stuck vehicle or stuck automobile sometimes even where we'll see this happen. So oftentimes it's not tasks that we do on a regular basis. And again, there's always a a higher risk of injury, uh, typically when we're doing tasks that we're not used to doing. Um, So having the lack of experience for that test or being in a hurry or a rush or poor weather conditions, which all of those sort of line up when we're towing people with a tractor or with another piece of machinery. So again, ways to prevent those rear overturns, making sure we only hitch to the drawbar, uh, putting the three-point hitch down as low as possible when we are using that, um, using weights and making sure the tractor's balanced, again, keeping that center of gravity in the middle of the machine, um, starting forward motion slowly. We want to, again, speed and uh, the, how quickly we apply torque to the axle is gonna make that. The ditches and obstructions, again, um causing situations we're not used to dealing with and then slopes going up and down slopes or towing up and down slopes or pulling weight up and down slopes overloading and pulling too much weight is also another cause of that Uh, and we'll see an example of that pretty soon but the rollover protective structures again there's standards out there for what is an actual ROPS Uh, we don't want to do the homemade structures want to make sure they're a certified ROPS and the purpose of them really is to limit the rollover to 90 degrees either to the side or to the rear so it doesn't roll completely on top or it doesn't make more than a quarter of a turn if you want to say that that way. Again, but the bottom line there says it, it doesn't prevent rollovers from occurring um, but it will help minimize the impact of the rollovers if they do occur. I mentioned before with the, the previous picture that seat belts are important making sure we wear those, they're part of that system. Um, but we want to also make sure that we're not wearing seat belts on tractors without roll bars because then we don't have the opportunity to be thrown away from them and will for sure be crushed if it goes completely over. So the roll bar and the seat belt in combination. Um, we also know there's different types of ROPs out there. Um, we have enclosures like cabs that have them built in. Um, we don't see too many. There used to be cabs without the rollover protection built in. The the newer caps have that built in. You can always check for the tag that says it's a certified ROPS. Um, We also have the fixed, whether it's a four-post or two-post ROPS, and some of the newer versions are foldable, but the manufacturers are thinking again about some of those. In some areas, they're getting rid of the foldable ROPS because people are abusing those and folding them down and never folding them back up. Uh, so they had legitimate reasons for putting them on there to help you get into garages or other places uh sometimes around trees if it requires it in special instances uh, but people just aren't putting those back up and it's causing more problems people are rolling tractors and being injured um, when the rops are folded down so uh, it takes a lot of the effectiveness away from them so um, they're producing less and less of those and putting more rigid ROPS on most vehicles now tractor runovers being another cause of major injuries so we had the rollovers being the the leading cause runovers is right up there Um, most of the time it's from somebody an extra rider like the picture shows here falling off the tractor Um, also children that are around the tractors not realizing the hazards and it can also be from other bystanders maybe the ones that are helping or in the case of uh, visitors to a farm children on the farm Uh, we're seeing less of these but bypass starting still an issue where we start the tractor from the ground um, because of mechanical problems that prevent the key switch from working we go right to the engine and start it but that bypasses safety features and if uh, people uh, the tractor's left in gear it can start moving types of injuries we see everything from spinal cord injuries from being run over crushed in, broken bones, um, and uh, even sometimes fatalities from that. Here's an example of two bad things. We talked about towing too much weight, as well as having extra riders on the tractor. And, and again, like I've mentioned, uh, the bad examples of things out there on the web and in social media is just uh, devastating to me. <laughs> So we see lots of different examples of that um, out there. Uh, Would also like to mention agritourism. This is the time of the year where we have hay rides and uh, pumpkin picking places, um, getting up to speed. I know we have a big one here in the Omaha area that's opening up and people are out there doing hay rack rides like this um, and great opportunities uh, to teach people about the safety, but also typically that's a little lacking This is a a pretty good setup, but again, making sure we can stop and tow the amount of weight. Um, They like to use antique tractors for this because it looks nice, but it's not always the safest situation to have. Uh, Picture's a little blurry, but using people to help hitch equipment, oftentimes this is the newer employee's job, sometimes it's the farm youth's job, um, but we tell people never to stand between the tractor and the machinery when it's being backed up because you never know uh, what's going to happen if that tractor loses control. Uh, you're right in the direct path of it. And then children playing around agricultural equipment. We know there's a crossover between um, safe having a safe play area but oftentimes kids, and I'm guilty myself, played around farm equipment uh, when I was growing up on a farm um, but making sure we're aware of where all the children are at when we're doing different tasks, that both the workers and somebody supervising the kids at all time, and ideally we have a safe play area area that's away from the equipment, and teach them as well the importance of staying away from the equipment. Um, When we talk about runovers, again, no extra riders. If it has one seat, it's meant for one person. Even the newer equipment that has two seats Uh, they really aren't made for extra riders they're called training seats uh, for the reason that they're only supposed to be used for training an operator or training someone to do a test and uh, it's important to note that those extra seats or training seats are are not protected by the rollover protective structure the rollover protective structure just uh, protects the primary operator on a machine like that if we do have extra riders we can see things like bumps causing the rider to fall off. Uh, The rider oftentimes will be interfering with the concentration of the tractor operator. And we know this is a major cause of the the childhood farm fatalities. Um, Oftentimes the children will fall off when the operator's not paying attention, um, either be run over by the tractor or sometimes worse, whatever implements being towed behind the tractor. So this applies to other equipment as well. Now with, with harvest season going on, uh, I was shocked by this example the other day. So I'm just going to let it play and let you see this. But it's an example of an extra rider on a truck. Time to do some shit.
2: Do da, do da, hope I get away with it. Oh, da, day.
0: And the thing that gets me is people oftentimes are proud of this behavior and it's just mind-boggling but um, we see lots of people uh, sharing different um, things that they've done but it happens out there which is why we're still here uh, telling people not to do it um, other ways to protect trust ourselves from tractor runovers um, making sure we only start the tractor from the driver's seat um, which reminds me to reinforce the part about having good maintenance on our machinery Uh, The bypass starting that we see done with tractors, the only reason it's ever done is because uh, something is malfunctioning. So if we keep the machine in good order, uh, we don't have to do this. Um, It also applies to not just uh, short-circuiting and bypass starting, but even starting machines from the ground. Sometimes we're tempted uh, to not get in the operator station and just reach up to the key and turn it on, uh, but that's not a good practice either. Uh, because if some, some part of the safety system does malfunction, um, you're in a bad situation being between the wheels of a machine, and can get caught there. So we should always be in the operator station, sitting and prepared to react uh, to if the tractor's moving or moves right away that we can stop that. Uh, slips and falls. We we reinforce this all the time, um, and we're looking into some other projects to see how we can make this better but uh, people slip and fall quite often um, getting on and off equipment some of the main reason is the picture you can see on the right here not facing the machinery when we go up and down Um, and it's a little tempting because some of the uh, machines have what appears to be staircases on them rather than ladders Um, but we should be treating this as a ladder to get on and off and face the machine that way if we do slip and fall we can catch ourselves When we're facing away from the machine and we stumble, we oftentimes will experience a fall. Um, Typically, these aren't uh, major injuries. There can be broken bones and sprains, uh, but we don't see as many fatalities from this. Uh, But using the three points of contact, like on the left-hand side, making sure we're getting up and down on on the machine correctly. So we go again to TikTok to find a bad example, even of the safe way of doing it. So she shows us two examples of how to do it. One in my mind is bad and the other one's even worse. have the good example of facing the machine. So the jumping off the tractor is something that we see a lot. Uh, Typically till you're about in your mid 20s or 30s when your knees start giving out, uh, then you're less likely to do that. But uh, again, lots of examples out there we know that people are doing that Uh, we're jumping onto uneven terrain Um, it could be slippery all kinds of examples of things that could go wrong so making sure we face the machinery use those three points of contact as we get in and out of the machinery and that applies to all machinery anything with a ladder basically and i use the example with my tractor safety students Um, you shouldn't uh, hopefully people don't but if you're climbing up and down a ladder whether it's an extension ladder or even a um, step ladder, uh, you wouldn't think to turn away from the ladder. You always turn towards the ladder to go up and down. The same thing should apply for the machinery. Um, Other tractor-related and machinery-related, so this ties our tractor and machinery together. Looking at PTO or power takeoff shafts, we know they spin at very high speeds, and if something gets entangled in those, Um, It's going to wrap us up pretty quickly. Um, One of the areas that we see that happening is in the stub shafts or the parts sticking out of the back of the tractor. This tractor has no extra guarding or shielding around that uh, to prevent that from happening. Here's an example of some good guarding and shielding. So there's the point of making sure machine guards are in place. This even has a stub shaft cover on it. And to make sure that the PTOs are turned off when we're not using them so that they're not spinning. Some older tractors, you can't do that as long as the tractor's moving, the PTO stub is moving, uh, but most newer machinery, you have the opportunity to turn that off, make sure it's not running uh, when nothing's attached to it or it doesn't need to be running. Um, One of the areas that we commonly see people get uh, attached to or get caught in um, are the connecting points. So here's a universal joint to the PTO where it slides onto the tractor. You can see the pin sticking out. Uh, That creates a great hook to grab um, clothing or other things that may be sticking close to it as it's spinning around at that high rate of speed. Um, So lots of machinery still have that. Some really old pieces have a bolt in place of that uh, pin. Newer pieces of equipment will have a collar that slides on and off to minimize that type of contact but we still want to avoid those areas you can also see the bell type guard that's over top of that universal joint Um, again anywhere that that shaft has any sort of uh, different shape to it gives an opportunity to capture clothing and pull people in there's another example you can see the master shields flipped up just to show how it's connected to the piece of machinery Uh, the belt guard over the universal joint joint could be a little bit longer in this case. Um, when this comes into a, a, a situation is typically when we're talking about mobile or stationary equipment. So we're powering, using tractors to power in this case. There's two PTO shafts, one hook to the blower, one hook to the unloading wagon, and you can see several people standing close to those, uh, watching other things you can imagine the footing around this area not being real great. So again, if there's not a reason to be close to that, uh, stay out of the area, make sure all the guards and shields are in place, Um, but oftentimes there's no need to be where these people are standing. But being aware of that, sometimes people aren't aware when they enter those areas where those hazards occur. And another famous one for, uh, for capturing people um, and entanglements would be post hole diggers and we see different examples of these uh, again if you youtube postal digger in clothing or something like that you'll see lots of examples of people getting clothing taken off uh, with these type whether it be on the auger um, this one is shielded pretty well with the pto shaft uh, but oftentimes people will stand close to these to um, to guide them which is not a recommended practice And then we have tractor roadway incidents. So we had the the rollovers, the runovers, um, the entanglements. Um, So both with tractors and other machinery, we see roadway incidents. Um, Oftentimes these are uh, a smaller portion of the tractor fatalities. Oftentimes the fatalities that do occur in this and injuries that do occur are to the motorists that run into the machinery with their cars. Uh, We just had a fatality a week or so ago uh, in central Nebraska where motorcycles tried to pass a tractor when it was making a left-hand turn. They ran into the side of the tractor and one of the person was killed and the second motorcyclist was severely injured. Uh, so it still happens. We still see a lot of it out there, but being aware of um, both for the motorists out there and then for the machinery operators, doing as much as we can uh, to minimize those type of situations. But we know we have wide loads, oftentimes slower speeds than other machinery. Um, We see lots of examples, and we'll go through a few of those of lighting and marking. Um, Making sure we use the slow-moving vehicle symbols appropriately. We know some people uh, use them inappropriately to mark things that aren't slow-moving, like mailboxes, (laughs) driveways, that sort of thing. And then, as I mentioned, with the the fatality incident we had in Nebraska not that long ago, uh, those left turns, making sure we signal well um, and that the motorists should be aware that Farbequin may be taking left-hand turns. Here's an example from Nebraska not too long ago uh, in some of the haymaking areas of a vehicle trying to pass. You can see that vehicle's off the roadway and even sticking into the other line. If you look at the dashes on the roadway, this is not a passing zone for the person that's passing. It is passing for the oncoming traffic, Um, but you can see from where we're sitting, the visibility of what's oncoming is nearly impossible to see. So that machine had decent lighting and marking. You can see the lights out and markers out at the extremities, as well as the slow moving vehicle on the back. And it also has beacons on the top. It doesn't look like they're operating right now though. Here's an example of a, a green cart, which we'll see more and more of on the roads in the next few weeks, at least in this area. With a uh, not very much lighting or marking, and with a pretty bad shape uh, SMV symbol on it. And again, you can see the visibility of going down the road is uh, nearly nothing if you were trying to pass this vehicle. Here's an example of better lighting and marking. They did better job with the lights, even though they aren't as far out as they could be. Uh, the only thing I'd ding them on here would be the height of the SMV symbol should be I believe it's between 2 and 11 feet off the ground that might be approaching over 11 feet off the ground so it's not really in motorist's line of sight um, but much better job of lighting and marking and here's another example with lots of lighting and marking we've got several SMV symbols um, lots of extremity lights and flashing lights as well as reflectors you can see the sun or the flash from the camera is enough to light up the reflective areas of those so that's a, a great job of lighting and marking <clears throat> i mentioned before or hinted towards the the actual operator and the role that they play um, so when we are operating on on public roads i know in nebraska um, you can get implements of husbandry permits down to a pretty low age uh, i believe it's 14 even to operate machinery on roadways. Um, and in that case, if we can get driver's license, at least school permits that early as well, which allows them to do that. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes it's not legal in different areas and it's worth checking out your own regulations wherever you're teaching or wherever you're instructing people as far as what the age limit is of the operators. But even if somebody's allowed to do something doesn't mean they should always be doing it. So making sure they, those people are competent uh, to drive on the roadways before you allow them to do that. Or at least before you recommend for them to do that. Making sure we have those slow moving vehicle signs like we already mentioned. Um, this Haybine has a pretty good job of a slow moving vehicle towards the center of the road portion of it as well as flashing lights on the extremities we mentioned the lighting and here's just a few more drawings of that Uh, making sure we have headlights and flashers it's best if we can operate in the daylight hours but in some cases we do operate in the dusk or dawn hours sometimes even at dark so making sure we have even additional lights to do those tasks making sure we observe traffic laws um, just because we're an oversized vehicle doesn't mean we can um, neglect those traffic laws if we don't have turn signals that operate uh, well, making sure we use hand signals um, and <laughs> there's sort of mixed feelings on whether we should pull over to let traffic pass if it's a safe area, we can pull over we don't want we want to make sure that we're doing that safely if we do that it's never recommended to motion somebody past you to let them make that decision on their own based on what they can see. Um, We don't want to uh, give them any false information. We do have opportunities for tractor safety training out there. Um, There's lots of opportunities through 4-H, FFA uh, programs. I put Ag Safety For You up there if you Google that. We have an online uh, training program that covers some general Ag Safety and Health uh,
2: equipment
0: training as well as some tractor and machinery training. Um, I'm happy to say we're working on a new version of that that's a little bit more interactive and should be out in the next month or so. Um, But uh, there's lots of other sources of information out there as well um, that you can find by contacting us or searching some of our centers uh, places. AgriSafe, again, has some good lists of information out there. Um, We do teach tractor safety, as I mentioned, Uh, related to a U.S. Department of Labor uh, regulation for children 16, under 16, uh, in order to operate tractors for anyone other than your parents, uh, have to be trained, and then it can do 14 and 15-year-olds, can work for others if they've had this exemption training, Um, and it has to be conducted by an ag education or extension program um, that can certify and give you those exemption certificates. Here in Nebraska, they also use that training to certify people to get their implements of husbandry uh, license so they can operate tractors and machinery on public roadways. Um, and you can look us up at ag-safety.extension.org and find that. We have a program called Safety in Agriculture for Youth, um, which supplies some more teaching resources for tractor and machinery safety, as well as I mentioned our A centers and a few other places. So that's all I have for my presentation today. So I'll open it up for any questions uh, that you may have for us. And I would also like to acknowledge the Central State Center for Ag Safety and Health where many of my projects go through and the the funding we get provided uh, through the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. So thanks for listening and I'm eager for all your questions.
1: All right, well, we have some. Um, already, but please feel free to send in more if there are other things you uh, have in mind that you want to know more about. I would, before we go any further too, just uh, in case you missed us at the beginning, we are recording today's session. We'll put a copy in the Agrisafe Learning Lab, which is learning.agrisafe.org. It will be up uh, before noon tomorrow, or by noon tomorrow, that's our target. So you can send people there to access the recording. The other thing I would like to draw your attention to is that we have a PDF copy of Dr. Yoder's presentation available in the handout section, and you can download that to your device at your leisure if you'd like to keep that. Um, Erin, I did have a question (laughs) that people, not everyone could see your TikTok, uh, so I'm I'm guessing that there were some connectivity issues, depending on where people were joining from. Would you, do you uh, have access to those links? I do, I can, if someone
0: wants to shoot me an email and are interested in them, I can send that to them. Uh, yeah, that I can also helpful. send them a copy of the PowerPoint presentation that has those in them as well. I'm not all up on all the different ways to share the TikToks, but I, I download them off of TikTok onto my phone and then transfer them to my computer so I can share them in whichever way you'd
1: like. Okay, so if you would like those particular videos, let Aaron know and he can, um, you can do that by email. Or, and I can also help you get those too if my email's on um, some of your stuff. Just feel free, I can be a conduit for you. Okay, to the questions. Uh, as egg safety and health professionals, what do you think would be effective at keeping parents from bringing their kids onto tractors? I see numerous videos on social media of kids riding on tractors is viewed with a sense of pride by farm families to do that. It almost needs to be a social marketing effort to change the culture on this. Not sure what would work though.
0: That's a tough question, and I know lots of people have tried lots of different things to do that, um, and in my mind, there's, there's a couple different situations there. There's a situation where they have the tractor when they're actively working, and, there's, and then there's the situation which I would also see it maybe as more recreational. They just want to give somebody a ride on the tractor. Both of them are dangerous, and both of them we recommend not to do. I see the one where the people are actually working with the people on the tractor um, as being more hazardous because they're less likely to pay attention. So I I know we we want to, as professionals, we want to say don't do it at all. Uh, but I know some people do it giving a ride versus doing work with it. And again, I think the bottom line comes down to what else do we do with that child? Some people, it's the, they don't have childcare. So having childcare, having someone else that can watch it. Um, I know myself when we're working with our kids or doing other things when our kids are around trying to find other people to watch them while we're doing that, which can be challenging, especially when you have to do that day to day. So I don't know if if I would say that people aren't aware that it's hazardous. I think they're aware that it's hazardous, but they don't have any other good options to do that. So whatever we can do to provide other options for people to do with their children um, when they are working, and again, encouraging them not to uh, take the kids for rides uh, not to have them working with them is would be the highest priority for me. So, you know, thinking of what's the greatest risk, getting them off there when they're working. Um, I've seen people mowing yards with zero-turn mowers and kids standing between their legs. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so anything we can do to give them a safer alternative, in my mind, is, is would get us in the right direction.
2: All right.
1: I have heard of PTO quick connectors that are more secure and easier to attach so people are more comfortable and calm while using them. Are those getting more widespread?
0: We do have them more widespread. Uh, the automatic ones are a little more difficult just because of all the moving parts, but the one I showed with a collar on it does make it more, does make it a little bit easier uh, to put on. PTOs still are kind of tough to get on and off, um, but working with them, getting your body position in the right place, can be the most helpful for that, making sure they're they're locked on the whole way. There are a few automatic systems out there, which I do not see widespread. It's a, a big extra cost to add the right the components to the tractor and to uh, the machinery. But we do see some of those, we see a lot of them in our aggregability efforts when sometimes people can't use a regular one um, and they need that option. Um, a lot of times it comes down to cost, but I think the manufacturers, and I see John Deere just got an award for a newer Quick Connect system that I they have, but it is extra components that you have to buy to get it to work with that. So I think we're progressing in that direction and I keep watching that, but um, if you look up John Deere and Quick Connect PTO, they have a new system out there that I think I've seen it before, they must have bought it from somewhere else, um, but we are progressing down that route. But in my mind, some of those Quick Connectors create more of a hazard because there's more ports to get tangled in. Um, So, it's sort of a balance between hooking and unhooking, and uh, preventing the entanglement
2: hazards.
1: Our next question, um, is there a safe angle, or what is the safe angle for stairs to avoid slip and fall injuries?
0: Yeah, there's, there's nothing published, so it depends on how high you're going, how many steps there are. There are some standards out there when we get to workplaces and industrial type places. Um, But typical, you know, even when we look at building codes and those type of things, those are based on some standards. But for actual agricultural equipment, um, I would say that uh, for most of the machinery that I've seen, there's not enough room to put a safe angle there to go up and down steps forward. Um, That in my mind, all of them are still ladders. Some of them are a little bit more tapered of a ladder. Uh, and then a lot of it has to do with the tread design um you know and then the weather conditions do we have bud and other things like that so there's so many other factors that play in there Um, i would be hesitant to say that there would be any safe angle that you should shouldn't be facing towards the machinery um with that said there could be if you have the right handrails and enough space but i don't think it's practical to put one at the right angle and i don't have those off by heart but you know a 45 degree angle or something like that to get the right if you think even of uh, stationary stairs that you've looked at and worked on they have been successful doing that on grain bins with staircases up the side but if you look at the pitch that's on those uh, it's a pretty shallow angle uh, so they're not very steep when it comes to um going up and down those safely but footwear that people were wearing the weather conditions the tread patterns or designs that are on there all those would play a role uh, in addition to the angle
1: thank you yeah what suggestions do you have to purchase a wraps unit for a 1950 oliver tractor as researching the wraps for you website did not yield a resource
0: I would give them a call the the people that the 800 number at that rops are for you they have the best database that i know of uh the university of kentucky did have a database uh but since mark persiewicz retired there i'm not sure if that's still up and running so the university of kentucky had a rops database um because there are no manufacturers that that make that they we all say go to your dealer and ask them Uh, but if you give the people at the rops hotline a call Um, Sometimes, they have some additional information than what's on their website, or they've experienced that same question before, uh, and there's a great deal of knowledge there. That's what I would do if I was looking for a situation like that. Just give them a call at the 800 number um, and see what they know about
2: that. That's the best resource I know of.
1: Right, Um, more of a comment maybe, but um I'm You can follow on to this more if you'd like. Understanding the location and logic of safety lockouts and switches is important with newer machines, seat cutoffs, neutral start switches, et cetera, not not to bypass those.
0: Yes, for sure. I used to teach an electronics class to ag students. And the first question that we get when we're working on circuits is, how do we bypass seat switches? And then we have a conversation about the liability if you bypass the C-switch and someone else gets hurt on that and those type of things. So they're there for a purpose. Uh, They're not expensive to repair and they're pretty simple systems. So making sure that we have those in place and running, I again, I I would second that. Some machines have switches on the guards that if you remove a guard, the machine doesn't work. Um, So making sure all those systems, that's part of that maintenance program. Um, because if they do start failing, that's when people are going to try to bypass them. So if we maintain our equipment properly, test those switches as it's recommended, um, and making sure those are functioning properly, we're going to get l- people less likely that want to bypass them.
2: Sure, that makes sense.
1: All right, uh, here's a good one. Um, are you aware of any grain storage drying facilities, local co-ops? That require farmers and producers to have their equipment properly marked with lighting and SMBs in order to sell or store their products at that location. I would love to see the industry step up, not just encouraging, but mandating safety when they can control it.
0: I think that would be a great idea. Anytime we can get other people to help us with that. I'm not aware of anybody that does that. I know sometimes they try to encourage it. Co-ops oftentimes will encourage people to follow safety measures. Um, Lighting and marking is an issue right now that's being tackled by, I know the Association of Equipment Manufacturers are looking into better lighting and marking schemes and we're trying to help them with that. There's several farm bureaus out there that encourage that, um, but I'm not sure of anybody that mandates that. Um, And I know at least in our region, most of the grain that goes to co-ops is going there in a truck, in an 18-wheeler, not so much the, the tractors and the carts. That's just to get it back either to the trucks or to get it to the, the home farm, but when they transport it to the co-ops, oftentimes it's in larger trucks or larger vehicles that have to follow the Department uh, of Transportation's regulations, so they are safer, but uh, I think the, the suggestion of working with co-ops and working with other organizations uh, to push that lighting and marking uh, is a great one.
1: A follow-on comment of you know planning to get some pictures and just to kind of see how many how many. All right. Um, if I missed your question, I'm doing a quick scroll back through to see. Oh, I do. We do have a request. If anybody is willing to talk about um, for, as a from a producer perspective, um, if you have been in a in a an incident involving farm equipment and or vehicle and or vehicles. If you'd like to talk about that, let me know and I can connect to you. And then also, if you wish you could tell motorists with whom you share the road, anything this season, what would it be?
0: So what is it? We tell them patience, and I've seen the different uh, memes that people post out there, you know, following a farm piece of farm equipment for a little bit of, uh, for a mile or two is about the same as sitting in what traffic light in the city, so uh, take your patience with you as you head out there and drive on the roadways and encourage your friends to do that. Um, we We can model good behavior when we're out there as well. I know I get as impatient as anyone else when I'm following slower vehicles, whether it's a farm vehicle or just a car that's not doing the speed limit, so modeling good patience when we're out there on the roads, but anything we can do to educate the general public about um, they're really not saving that much time by driving recklessly around egg equipment. And just to be cautious of the things like left turns and the size of the
2: equipment.
1: All right. Uh, service and maintenance activities involve lots of hazards. Is there a webinar about that?
0: That would be a great webinar to have, shop safety.
1: Nice that to your I'm, I'm, yeah. We'll have to do round two. For sure. Here's another question: uh, around if seating position is higher in a similar in, in for example, a combine harvester, there issue regarding safety compared to a low sitting height from the ground, like a tractor, or a lawnmower, or smaller machines. I think we get different perspectives on things when we sit at different heights. Oftentimes, the
0: larger machines where we sit higher are also like Combine was mentioned. Your view to the rear is obstructed, so it's a bigger, wider piece of machinery. Uh, But I think the higher you get up, sometimes the perspective can change. Sometimes you can see more, but oftentimes you're seeing it at a different perspective than the motorists or other people around. So height has one thing to do with it, but I think just the size of the machine that you're on as far as width and length, um, and whether you're towing a trailer, that sort of thing, There's lots of great technology we can use with cameras and other sensors out there, but it just hasn't been implemented yet. Uh, But definitely changes perspective as you sit up higher. Sometimes you can see better, but sometimes in the case of a tractor that you're up high, you can. Combines that are up high, normally you're limited with visibility. Uh, Low tech solutions like mirrors help. Uh, High tech solutions like cameras are even better. So you can see what's behind. I know a lot of newer combines coming off the lines um, have rear view cameras, uh, similar to what we see them using in pickups and they're promoting for towing boats and other things where it almost, you can see around and see behind what you're towing a little bit better. So any type of safety intervention like that, that helps visibility would be
1: good. Sure. Ed. along those same lines, um, should the roadway safety messages be more focused towards farmers, the public, or both, and in terms of roadway crashes, who is key to injury prevention? who who is the best target audience
0: i think it's both i know a lot of times we try to point fingers at at the motorists to slow down and to do this i'm not totally convinced that the operators are doing everything they can do to minimize the crashes there so i think it's important to have both sides trained And how we can use like the hand signals that the the operators, even you know, moving towards the center of the road before we make the left turns, not making abrupt turns, checking our mirrors before we turn, lots of things like that. Should we have to do that? Probably not. Uh, But should we? Yes. Uh, So there's you know the look and look again, look twice type of thing. Uh, But I think both groups uh, when any crash that I've ever seen both groups could have done more to prevent those. Um, So I think educating both of those groups of what they can do, I think most of them are aware of the hazards. They're just not exposed to those situations enough to know how to react to them.
1: Okay, I see we are getting close to our time here and I believe I've made it through everything that's come in. If you want to ask any follow-on questions, I'd be happy to take those and connect you with Dr. Yoder Um, And you can obviously email him directly as well. I think we will wrap up for today. Thank you very much for joining us. Encourage you to check out the webinars that are still on their schedule for this week. Uh, Thank you, Aaron, for your presentation today and for sharing all this important information with our audience.
0: Yes, thanks for having me.
1: Have a good afternoon, everybody.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the AgriSafe Network podcast, where our mission is protecting the people who feed the world. You can learn more about the AgriSafe Network at agriSafe.org, and be sure to check out the Learning Lab and all of the excellent resources available on the site. You can also find us on Facebook or contact us anytime at info at